Welcome to the Self-Care with Gracie podcast, where we'll talk about self-care practices that really work, the self-awareness that helps you to become your own best friend, and how all of that adds up to having really good self-esteem and enjoying your beautiful life. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks for listening. Um, Today, I want to talk about self-compassion and why it can be so hard to find it sometimes. I always think back to um, a story I heard about the Dalai Lama that when he he heard, someone asked him about self-hatred and what to do about that. And he had never heard of it before. Like within the Tibetan culture, this just wasn't a thing. And he cried when he heard about it because he thought how sad that we would hate ourselves or we would be mean to ourselves or we would not believe in our own inherent worth as, as human beings. Um, I don't want to generalize too much, but I do think this is a bit more of a, of a Western uh, epidemic. And, and I do think it comes from the roots of, of really worshipping material meaning the actual things, you know, like the, the house and the car and the idea of things, the, the idea that we would be happier with the house and the car. It, it comes from worshiping um, prestige, meaning the, the great job that would look awesome on our resume. It comes from worshiping status meaning like the awesome group of friends, um, not because we enjoy being with them, but because it, it makes us feel cool. And, and also just the, the worshiping of the cool itself, that we, we would think that, that if, if we could prove to the outside world that we're worthy in some way, that, um, that we could you know, finally relax. And all of that, it's, I don't want to say that it's wrong to do any of that. It's, it's completely you know, an option. Um, but I, I think if we do that, that it, it brings us suffering um, and that we, we do set ourselves up for um, when those things don't prove to be satisfying or don't work out. Uh, we have no bedrock inside of ourselves uh, to be able to weather that. And I've been thinking a lot lately about the idea of um, like a midlife crisis and why that happens to people in our culture and, and I think what it is, and, and when I get to be a little bit more midlife, I could totally take this back, but I, the best way I can see it right now is it's when we've, we've spent our whole life worshiping the things or the status or the job, and, and we've climbed all the way to as far up as that we've figured out how we can go. And we get up there and we see that, like, it, it's actually, this is not what we want at all. And, and we don't really know who we are without that stuff either and, and all of that can set ourselves up to to have a bit of a crisis which you know maybe you satisfy by trying to buy a nicer car some people I think go that route or or you can you know go the other route and start to look inside at it um who are you without all those outside things and and it's an uncomfortable moment I think to go through any kind of um change of of self-identity or perspective and what what I like to encourage is so we don't have to go through it all at once um, without support and when we're older and trying to like still kind of keep it together on the outside is that we can start to do it little by little now by you know really questioning whether or not the things on the outside are truly what make us happy 
and and then looking at what does make us happy and um and when I say happy I mean like um like good sustainable feeling that you can tap into no matter what's happening on the outside and um I can only really ever speak about my own experience in this, but, but I feel like what, what makes me the happiest is when I can lose myself in the present moment, when I can really, you know, be open to connection with another person, and, um, and when I can feel the, the potential that's within inside of me to, to evolve and, and feel the, the kind of a cool ride of that evolution, um, and within all of this, I found that what, what continues to come up is, is what the Dalai Lama was talking about, this, this wound of, of self-hatred or um, just, I like to call it too, the shitty voice in your head of um, the way that we treat ourselves that we would never treat another person. Or that every once in a while, it's kind of like we get angry or tired and it slips out of us and we treat another person that way and we're horrified with ourselves or we have like, you know, a relationship with a, someone very close to us, like a partner or child or parent, and we, we know that we're taking our own unworked out stuff on them. And, you know, it, we don't feel good about ourselves for doing that either, but maybe, we, maybe you, we don't know how to break out of it. And I like to use the universal we here because um, this, these are not your problems. These are problems of our culture and problems of um, the ego or really just the way that the ego works. And for those of you who haven't, you know, been much in a yogic background, what the, what the ego really is, is it's that part of our, our brains, which has been very important for survival. It's, it's concerned with safety. It's concerned um, with really using fear as a way to keep us safe. And um, what the result is, if we're always going into our ego, um, we're going to feel separated from the people around us. And um, we're going to feel... Like, I like to, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, when I'm in my ego, it's like, I'm like, have this bubble of plexiglass around me. That, like, my, my life looks okay. I can kind of see in and out other people's situations. But when I try to, like, use my senses, like, I want to smell, you know, something. I want to touch somebody. I want to really see somebody for who they are. And it's, it's like everything has to kind of go through the separation. And I sort of, my fingers just smash up against this plexiglass. And... And the, the ego is the plexiglass. It's that thing that keeps us feeling like we can't really just like be, be who we are, be, accept other people for who they are, or even just be in the present moment for what it is. The ego keeps us fighting and it keeps us striving and it keeps us in, in, a, in a reaction of fear, really, I think is a, is a pretty good way to say it. Um, why the ego exists, I'm not exactly sure. I think it is part of our evolutionary uh, mechanism. And will we ever get over the ego? Um, probably not. It, some, you know, enlightened beings, I think, have been able to transcend it. But even with them, they say that it comes back. You know, that you, you get over the ego, you see just how connected and how present and how big your spirit is. And then the ego comes back again and you have to kind of battle it again. Um, I've always been interested in why in the yogic path uh, they talk a lot about uh, like warrior status or warrior stance like we have warrior poses the, the Bhagavad Gita is a ancient text that talks all about war warfare and 
And what the warfare really is, is it's against the ego. And, um, and the way that you fight it is, um, one, it's about being strong and really being able to withstand, you know, it's that, that moment where like that, that voice in your head is, is telling you, you know, so many mean things about yourself and you want to just kind of like go drink a bottle of wine, um, or call that person that you shouldn't be calling. And, um, and instead of doing that, you like take the stance of like, okay, I'm just going to sit with this. I'm going to see through it and see that like, you know, what, what I think I want in this moment, what the cravings are telling me to do, that's not really what I want. Like what I really want, what will really help me is, is to know that I'm strong enough to handle this and to, you know, take a bath and go to bed early and, and wake up in the morning and have new perspective on things. Like that takes a lot of strength. Um, and, and then to, to match the strength, it's, it's also, we need, um, we need ease and we need softness. And, um, and this is where we really can have great tools to go into battle with that shitty voice in our head. I was, I was feeling that voice so strongly this weekend. I was doing a lot of spiritual practice. And when I do a lot of spiritual practice, uh, it, it can bring up the ego in strong ways. It's like the ego knows it's, it's like being, being challenged and it rears up really strongly. And I was being very judgmental of myself, feeling very separate and disconnected from the people around me. And, um, and then judgmental of myself on top of that. It's like, God, why am I still so judgmental? Why can I still not figure this out? And you know when you're like, you know, beating yourself up for beating yourself up, you know the ego is at work in that. And, and finally, I was, in, I was in the presence of this enlightened Tibetan Lama, and he's, his presence is so lovely. And I just almost like his voice came in my head of just like, you can be a little easier on yourself. And, uh, and like instead of demanding, what about asking? And, and I changed my internal stance to be like, instead of like, why, why can't you do this? It was like how are you doing? <laughs> this is hard. Why, how are you doing? And everything in me, I just started crying actually in that moment. Everything in me like was so hungry for that internal softness and, um, and so, so grateful to have softened. And, and, and immediately I just felt so much more connected to the people around me of like, oh man, we're all kind of doing this big battle and, and like we're all being hard on ourselves for the most part. I think we are. And and like if I can remember this, everyone else can remember this. And it um I've carried it with me. It's been, you know, about a week and it's still hard to practice, hard to remember sometimes, but it's like I keep coming back to this these touchstones of strength and softness. In in the Yoga Sutras, uh they talk or the the writer Pantanjali, this ancient cool yoga guy. Um, wrote that like in our stances of yoga we should be strong and soft and that the, the, without both of these we can't really have balance and um, we also we talk about this about working really hard and then also letting go of results and I love I love yogic concepts that make sense thousands of years later and that we can take off of the mat into the rest of our life. And, and I think the, this idea of, of balance between our, our striving and our acceptance um, and our, our toughness and our ability to just be like, honey, how are you doing? Let's sit down for a second. Let's put our hand over our heart and breathe. Um, it's, it's a really powerful way to be in the world, um, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. And I always come back to this in, um, in our spiritual work 
it, it should work. Like, I feel like if we're doing a spiritual practice, we should feel both stronger and softer. And, and then we should be able to see the results of it in the way that the people around us um, respond to us and, and how much of service we can be t- to them um, from our own really centered place of self-care. Um, I think this really does come back to self-care and that like if, if we're not starting at the very center of our being with, with love and acceptance um, and like a very sweet inquiry, then we're, we're, it's going to be really hard to make, you know, the right, the right choices about food that would make us feel good. Um, and I think that having the outside support the inside is powerful too, because if I haven't slept well, if I've eaten crap for a few days, um, it's, it, my brain has a much harder time choosing compassion or choosing to be strong and not, and not order the second drink when I'm out with friends. Um, so I, I say work, work at both angles, like work the inside of just checking in with yourself a few times a day to make sure that you are using a nice tone of voice in your own head. And also to checking in with how your self-care on the outside is looking and, and what you can do to give yourself the strength that you need to, to be able to remember to be soft. And, and just remember, again, when you're not alone in this. Um, you probably won't ever get it done. And, um, but we have to remember, and that's what practice is. It helps us remember. And that's, that's what we can do for each other, too. We can help each other remember. So thanks for helping me remember. <laughs> I hope I'm helping you remember. Um, I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. Um, you can visit me at uh, selfcarewithgracie.com or write me an uh, email at selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. And uh, thank you for your, your own sweet, beautiful light and how that relates to our our light that we share as a whole. Namaste. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices more inspiration and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.